Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Popcorn Talk. It has been a hot minute. Actually, it's been several hot minutes. Um, a lot of hot minutes. It's been a very long time since the Daily Easter News has done another episode of Popcorn Talk, and that is for, you know, several reasons. Um, we also do Stream Fiends, which is a podcast that highlights and reviews um, certain TV shows on streaming sites like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, etc. And um, with all this COVID-19 stuff that's been happening, um, the movie theaters haven't been open. And if you guys have listened before, you know that Popcorn Talk is primarily a podcast that reviews new movies. So because the movie theaters have been closed for several months, there really hasn't been any more development on Popcorn Talk for a long time. You know, we do have the option to do new movies on streaming sites, but it's the summer, and the summer kind of gives us an opportunity to do things that we wouldn't normally do, something that's a little bit different. And something that I think I've wanted to do for a very long time is to highlight older movies, not necessarily like old, old movies from like the 1930s, 40s, 50s, etc., although we might do some of those for sure, but just movies in general, you know, uh, a, a wide variety of movies. So in case you don't recognize my voice, I am Logan Roschke. I was the managing editor for the Daily Easter News last year, and now I'm the senior designer, and I'm doing most of the podcast editing, basically all of it. Usually I'm, uh, I am with either Elizabeth Taylor, she was the campus reporter, or I was with Annalisa Haynes, but she's actually graduating. So congratulations to Annalie. I actually started this with her um, last summer when I was editor-in-chief of the Daily Easter News. And it was literally a, a dream come true for me. I love reviewing movies. I love movies in general. So, But something that I really like to do is I like to revisit older movies. So let me just explain what this is going to be this summer really quick for you guys. So what is the summer podcast going to be for Popcorn Talk? Basically, it's going to be a way to reflect and highlight on older movies, pre-2010s for the most part, on a varying range of genres, cultures, themes, and unique characteristics. So it's going to be a variety of movies that I am going to review and talk about, but my goal is to reflect on these movies, review them, and highlight them, because some of these movies are movies that people don't really know about for a number of reasons. And I think that I have a very good movie to start this out with. So unfortunately, like I said, it's just going to be me for these uh, podcasts, at least for the summer, I think, unless somebody wants to join me, which is, you know, it's a possibility. But COVID-19 has made a lot of things very weird. So I just wanted to preface this first episode with an update in general um, about Popcorn Talk and what this is going to be for the summer. It hopefully will go back to reviewing newer movies after COVID-19 calms down, but it's very hard to gauge what's going to happen. So who knows? This might be how Popcorn Talk just kind of evolves for a while. But as always, we do want to hear from you guys. So please, after this is over with, please give me your thoughts in the comments. Follow us if you want to see more. We're on a bunch of platforms, but we'll get to that later. So I'm sure all you guys are wondering, okay, what the heck is Logan going to interview then? Or what is she going to review then, not interview? Well, I have a very special movie 
called Perfume. It's a 2006 film by Tom Tickwer. And his name is spelled very strange, but I looked it up and that is actually how you pronounce his last name. It is a very, very interesting movie. And it's one that I don't really hear about very often. It's a very funny story. Um, (laughs) Why I chose this movie. Have you ever had a movie that you wanted to watch for a long time, but you just never got around to it? This is one of those movies for me. Fun fact. I was on YouTube basically since its inception. <laughs> uh, or conception. I'm sorry, not inception. <laughs> Who knows? It might be another movie that we review. But anyway, I've been around on YouTube since its conception. And that was a long, long time ago. I remember in like the 2010s or something, early 2010s, I was like a teenager. And I saw a trailer per- for Perfume, The Story of a Murderer. And I thought, you know... It has Alan Rickman in it, and I love him to death. And this looks really interesting. I have to check this out. And I just never did. I looked at the trailer. Super interesting concept. You have somebody who has an unnatural sense of smell. He can detect pretty much anything from miles away. And he uses it to do gruesome, awful things. So I'm like, dang, this sounds interesting. I've never heard of anything like this. Just never got around to it. Just, just last year, and like the very end of year the year i decided to watch it finally i rented it off of amazon prime and i'm like wow it took a long time for me to finally see this and i'm so glad that i did so i want to share this with you guys because i mean dang it's a very good story it's a very interesting story the cinematography is so beautiful absolutely jaw dropping and the ending is so strange but it's intriguing So I kind of wanted to talk about that, too. Like, these are all reasons I want to bring up this movie and use this as my first movie to review and talk about on the summer edition of Popcorn Talk. So I hope you guys will stay with me. I'm going to try to keep it, the podcast, around 15 minutes. I know sometimes it's very easy to go over that, especially if you're doing something like I'm doing right now and you're introducing a new wave, basically, a new way that the podcast is going to be run for a while. So I do apologize if it's a little bit longer than normal, but for reference, I'm going to try to keep these about 15 minutes long, 20 minutes long if I need to. So, okay, well, what the heck is perfume about then? So picture it in 18th century France. We have Jean Baptiste. He is an orphan with an unnatural gift for scent. His sense of smell is so good, he can identify people from miles away. Eventually, he comes to Paris, smells a ton of new scents, and wants to capture the scent of beauty. He goes on a killing spree, using his beautiful victims as essential components for his ultimate perfume, while authorities try to hunt him down. So that is a very brief summary of what the movie is about, without giving away any spoilers. And the notable actors are Ben Whishaw. He plays John Baptiste. And then we have Alan Rickman, of course, which is the whole reason I even found out about this amazing movie. Uh, he plays Anton Richies. And he is kind of like a duke or a lord. And he has a lot of power, but he's investigating the murders. And then we have Dustin Hoffman. And he plays Giuseppe Baldini, the perfume maker that... Jean-Baptiste goes to, to basically learn how to make perfume. So here are the points that I want to bring up. I want to talk about the story really quick. 
It's very interesting. We have the main character who is kind of detached from reality because his background is so strange and unfortunate. And he has this incredible talent for scent and smelling things. It's, it's something that no human ever really has. Um, it's very similar to a dog's sense of smell or a cat's sense of smell maybe, but maybe even more effective because the movie shows that he can smell things from miles away and he knows exactly what's going on. He has like this awareness and this sense of where everything is and what everything is just by existing and breathing out with his nose. And it's, I, it's very interesting. If you're the kind of person who really likes um, the Bird Box movie from Netflix uh, and maybe A Quiet Place as well, um, those also kind of dabbled into themes about human senses. So, of course, Bird Box was like, what if you couldn't see in a, what if you couldn't see through a movie? How would that affect the storytelling? And then A Quiet Place is what if there, you could not hear anything and you couldn't make any sounds because then the monster would come and get you. Granted, I haven't actually seen uh, A Quiet Place, but I have seen Bird Box. And it was very interesting concepts. And this movie took a different turn. I remember when I saw Bird Box and um, A Quiet Place, a lot of people were saying, well, what about scent? Why doesn't somebody do a movie about scent? Well, because somebody already did, and it was really, really well done. And granted, this movie is actually based on a book. I have not read the book, but if it's anything like the movie, I'm sure it's very, very good. So basically, Jean-Baptiste, um, he... This is something that it's a little bit of a gripe for me because he was an orphan and he had very unfortunate circumstances. He, he wasn't abandoned by his mother. His mother was actually killed <laughs> in a really bad way. Um, you'll see a running theme throughout the movie without giving too much away is that pretty much anybody who comes into contact, close contact with Jean-Baptiste ends up dead somehow. So it's kind of a running gag slash joke, but it's also just part of the movie. Um, it's very interesting. He's very aloof sometimes. And I understand that if you came from such a very, very unfortunate background where you were an orphan the minute you were born for the most part, had a horrible upbringing, was bullied for your God-given granted unnatural talent and then sold off to work 14 hours a day under ridiculous, ridiculous circumstances and standards, basically trying to find your way in life. I, you would be aloof and you would be a little detached from reality, but sometimes I think Ben plays it so well that it's hard to sympathize with this character because he seems, he comes across as very unemotional which is not necessarily the case. I think that he's probably trying to figure things out for the most part. And it can be a little confusing, 100%. Um, basically where all of this starts is he comes to Paris and it's where he meets this beautiful woman who's selling like plums. And all he can think about is how she smells. And eventually, he kills her because he doesn't understand. Um, 
what human contact basically is. And he just tries to absorb the scent, but he can't get it. It eventually dies away with his first victim. And so that's his life mission for the most part. He's never had any purpose in life. It's just been to survive like a bacteria. That's all he's done his entire life. And now he has some purpose to capture the scent of beauty and recreate it. And so he goes down this path of, first of all, learning how to make perfume, which is where Dustin Hoffman, uh, Hoffman comes in. And from there, it's learning how to do perfumes, realizing that he has so much power with the perfume, so much power that you wouldn't really understand unless you could capture it, basically. You could capture any kind of scent you wanted and smell anything. So from there, he goes to a very small town in France, and he just keeps killing women. And it's basically a cat and mouse chase. And I think the characters are very interesting, as well as the story, of course. The actors play the roles very, very well. And it's just a very solid, solid movie. So really quick, let's talk about the characters. Um, I've already mentioned Jean-Baptiste. I did say that it's sometimes a little bit of a gripe with me how detached he is. Because because he's so unemotional and detached from reality, some people might have a very hard time sympathizing with him. I totally understand that. but And I know sometimes it bothers me, but it doesn't bother me enough to turn me off from the movie and turn me off from him as a character. I understand that he absolutely had no love in his life whatsoever. So you could be like, oh, is it like the monster theory or like, you know, the monster from Frankenstein? He, he's not really the monster. The monsters who created him are the monsters. Maybe. I don't know. We might talk about that a little bit later, but I can, I can kind of ignore it and forget about it because for the most part, the acting is very well done and I think the writing backs it up. So for the most part, that's fine. Alan Rickman, I love him to death. I really do. Rest in peace. He is so good. He, Alan Rickman just exudes this authority in his voice, in his presence, in his tone. And that makes total sense for this movie because he's like a lord or a duke and he's like heading an investigation. Like, oh my gosh, all these young women are getting killed. And so he's using his intuition and his God-given wit, it's a line straight from the movie, to figure out who in the hell is killing all these women and why. To get into the mind of the murderer, it's very very challenging and you need to have wit and you need to have intuition and he just plays it off so well uh, I love Alan Rickman um, Hoffman is also very 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 good he does a fantastic accent um, he's got a lot of spice and uh, flair in his personality um, which I think suits the character very well and he he just plays it off really naturally and it's just it's just really good honestly like I don't really have any complaints about the acting or the characters um I will say this sometimes the women kind of come across as uh what's the word I'm looking for probably devoid of emotion <laughs> which is surprising because they're getting killed um but I don't know I, I don't know I it's a little bit annoying to me but um, at one point, all the killing sprees kind of become like, not not a monologue. I can't remember. It, it's just a, um, 
it becomes like a rapid process where there is no character development for these women. They're just killed off immediately. Like you see a glimpse of them and then they're dead. So, I mean, there's not really any time to give them any kind of development. So I will, you know, I'll grimace, but not very much. It's not that big of a deal. For the most part, everything is very, very, very well done. And can we talk about the cinematography? Oh my gosh. So there's the scene where Jean-Baptiste finally goes to Paris. And when he comes to Paris, he is exposed to all of these new scents. We're talking spices, the powder on wigs, the mud, the dirt and the water, um, the smell of fabric. It's, it's like an explosion of scent, and which makes sense because he's never been to Paris before. He's never been in the heart of the city. And it's so well done. It's so hard to explain, though. It's As soon as he comes out, you see him smelling, and you see his expression. It's just like awe. His eyes are closed. All he does is take in the scents. The camera like pans in and away from people, shows, honestly, it's like several frames per second of just people and scents. And it's so strange because you can kind of get a feel of what that probably smells like too. Like I'm thinking about uh, on one frame, you see a man powdering a wig from up on a, in a high window and the powder is just dusting off and it's only like a split second you see it, but it's, you know what that scent is. You know what powder smells like. And it's just like, oh, it infects your nostrils because you, you can smell it with him. Oh my gosh. I could probably do a dissertation <laughs> on just this scene alone because it is honestly, it's one of my favorite scenes, like basically ever. I love this scene so much. I could just, mm, 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 mm. I just want to eat it up. Such a good scene, such good cinematography. Uh, it does a very good job of communicating that this is an open new thing for Jean-Baptiste, and it's emotional, it's fantastic, it's shocking, it's alluring, it's beautiful. And that's what he cares about. He wants beauty. And that's all you see in this scene. Mm-mm, just beautiful. And then another good example of cinematography is when he actually does go to travel, because at one point... He tells um, Giuseppe that he wants to find, a, he wants to make a new perfume just so we can travel the world. And Giuseppe's like, yeah, that's fine. I'll give you a traveling permit if you make me one of the best perfumes, like um, hundreds of perfumes or something like that. And the narrator then goes like, well, yeah, of course, basically <laughs> he could do a hundred perfumes or a thousand perfumes if he wanted, but all he really cared about was traveling. So, Jean-Baptiste goes and uh, travels to new places to try to find these scents. And, of course, the cinematography does a very good job of expanding the horizons that are around him as he's traveling so that it looks like there's this wide open world that is just begging to be explored. It's very well done, again, but while it does beckon exploration, it also does bring in fear and fear and anxiety of the unknown like what is to come because we went from him having no hope at all to him exercising this absolutely powerful talent we don't even understand how powerful it is the power to completely 
control scent and to know everything from scent. So what is he going to do? It's very strange. It's very, I guess, a little alarming because you don't know what's going to happen. And the cinematography echoes that. It's very, very well done. And the cinematography of the ending is also fantastic. But I don't really want to talk about the ending just yet. I've already mentioned everything free of spoilers so far. So really quick, before I get into the ending, because I have to talk about it, there are some endings that I can just forget about and say, hey, watch the, watch the movie. I'm not even going to entertain this because I don't want to spoil you. But the movie's ending, Perfume's ending, is something that I have to mention. Um, so before I do that, <laughs> I want to say, if you have not checked out this movie, you really should... Uh, fun fact, though, it's very hard to find this movie. Um, the first time I saw it was just recently. Uh, it was either a few months ago or, or uh, very late last year. Like I said, I had to rent it from Amazon Prime because otherwise, if you try to get it on Amazon, it's pretty expensive. It's like $26. I'm like, for a movie, honey, please. No, thank you. It's not on any streaming sites that I know of, unfortunately unless you count renting it from Amazon. And I, I mean, I guess you could try to find it at like a, like a used movie shop or something like that, like disc replay or something, but they're all closed. So if you really want to see this movie like immediately, your best bet is probably going to be to rent it online somewhere for about four or five bucks. So that's a little bit annoying. I actually found it off of an online retailer for like 10 bucks and I was like yes because it's very hard to find this movie for a decent price considering how old the movie is but um godspeed good luck I really recommend that you guys go see this movie see the trailer on YouTube or something check it out read about it don't spoil yourself for the ending though it is so good so good so interesting and it explores a concept that we don't really explore very often in cin in cinema you know, the power of scent, you know, I, for, for, for one, I've always thought that, you know, scent was kind of like the one human sense that people kind of forgot about. So yeah, it's very interesting. It's very cool. Who doesn't love a good murder mystery with some really cool, crazy scent stuff? I mean, seriously, it's amazing. So check it out. It's going to be hard to find it, though, unfortunately, so unless you rent it. But anyway, okay, now we're going to get into the ending. I swear to God, spoiler alert, big time. I'm going to give you guys a couple seconds here to leave. I've already said to go see it, so if you've already seen it, stay, and I want to talk to you guys about the ending. But if you haven't seen the movie yet, you haven't seen the ending, get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right, are you gone? Good. All right, we're going to talk about the ending. So basically, Jean-Baptiste eventually gets found out and it's just a mad it's just a madhouse in this little town in France it's just bad everybody wants his head on a stick they want to totally just rip this man apart for murdering all these women and what's crazy is that his perfume is already done because he's already killed enough beautiful women to create the perfume and he killed the most beautiful woman for last, of course, it was Alan Rickman's daughter. So Alan Rickman has a personal stake in this, and he's very, very upset. 
So everybody basically wants to see this man burn. But before he's let out to meet his gruesome fate in front of hundreds and hundreds of townspeople, he dabs a little bit of his perfume on him, the perfume he made from all these women. And he uses this to control and manipulate everyone. As soon as he comes out in front of all these people, people refer to him as like a messiah, an angel. The executioner drops to his knees and said, this man is innocent. It is crazy. And the townspeople go along with it. They're like, oh my gosh, who is this beautiful man? And it's the scent. It's his scent that he created with all of these dead women that he killed. It's absolutely nuts already. And Alan Rickman, you can see he's far away, granted, so he might not smell it as well as the other people. But he's like, what is going on? Everybody's brainwashed? What is this? And then, at one point, after he's completely won over the entire town. Jean Baptiste takes his handkerchief or his little cloth and he dabs a little bit of perfume on the cloth and lets it fly into the wind until it lands in the crowd of people. And then from there, there is a giant orgy. I swear to God, like, what is this man? (laughs) I remember when I saw this the first time, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I've never seen this before. Alert, alert, what is this? It's just a giant orgy of people. Uh, as soon as the scent hits them, eventually Alan Rickman makes his way up to Jean Baptiste and he's like, You can't fool me. But then he drops to his knees as well, as well and he apologizes. And it's because he's completely taken by this scent the scent of the perfume Jean Baptiste produced by killing a bunch of women. And then the very ending, the narrator pretty much explains it all. He's like, well, Jean-Baptiste had enough perfume to control the world, but what did it matter? Nobody loved him. So Jean-Baptiste, at the very end, absolutely douses himself with the perfume and the place he was born. And literally, people eat him up. They literally eat him up. They devour him. And the narrator says something like, for the first time in their lives, these townspeople did something that they thought they did with, like, pure love. And it's very weird. Like, it kind of, it it makes you feel icky. It's one of those endings that's like, ooh, I did not like that. But um, let's talk about the first part of the ending. So, the orgy. So... For one, the cinematography during this scene is also very well done. It does a very good job of panning in and out at appropriate times to showcase the very different emotions everyone's experiencing during this very pleasurable, passionate time. This perfume is basically the embodiment of beauty and love and passion. And so when it hits the audience and or when it hits the townspeople and they really feel it, they feel it and they are uncontrollably passionate and full of love. And so they take it out by literally just having sex with whomever. They just create this giant orgy. Um, And it's kind of funny because even like the, he's not, he's not like a Pope. He's like the Bishop or something. Even the Bishop is like having sex with some woman. And it's like, Oh my God, (laughs) 
It's like, what is happening? What is happening? Uh, but it's very cool. It's very interesting. Um, you just see a wave of people, and the camera's just like scrolling past this giant wave of love and passion. And honestly, it looks a lot like like a Baroque painting or something when you see it. It's absolutely beautiful. It's very odd, and you don't see that very often in movies, like mass orgies. But hey, I think it looked absolutely beautiful if you include the cinematography. And I think the point of it was to really bring home that theme that, you know, Jean-Baptiste has this incredible talent that we can't even comprehend as people the ability to completely control and identify everything with scent, just complete master of scent. And so he's captured what it is, the essence of beauty. And that's something that everybody wants, really, when you think about it. But what does it matter? Even though you can control the world with this amazing perfume that does capture beauty, nobody is going to love him because nobody ever did. And so that's why he says to hell with it. And he douses himself with the perfume and he's practically glowing to these people and he just gets eaten up. Did he feel guilt? Did he feel shame? I don't know. I have no idea. I think for, for sure he felt, he felt done with the world. That's for sure. Um, he was just ready to let go because you know, who cares if you can control the world? Who cares if you have everything in the world that you want? Who cares if you have the admiration of everyone? If, unless somebody really loves you, you're really not going to have a fulfilling life. And I think that's, at the end of the day, that's what it was about. So, yeah. I mean, talk about a crazy ending to a really interesting movie. I loved it. I mean, the first time I saw it, I was like, whoa. Whoa that is weird. What? And then I watched it again and I'm like, okay, this is actually beautiful. <laughs> this is beautiful. I never thought I'd say that about just a massive orgy in a movie about murder. Yikes. That just that whole sentence coming out of my mouth was gross. But anyway, it's a beautiful ending, a very interesting ending. It's, you know, it'll make you think for sure. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for staying with me for, geez, it's like half an hour already. Lord have mercy. I am so sorry. It's usually not going to be this long. I'm going to try to cut it down to 15, 20 minutes for the most part in the future. But granted, I did spend about like five or six minutes explaining what's going to happen with popcorn talk. So don't come for me. But anyway, please follow us on anchors. We're on Spotify. Um, we are also on Apple Podcasts. We're also on other podcast platforms. Like I think it's like seven more platforms. It's a ton. I have it on thedailyeasternews.com. That's where you can find our podcast as well, www.dailyeasternews.com. Thank you again, and I will see you guys next week on Popcorn Talk. <laughs>